Okay. I think it's kind of Purim, so let's talk about some of the characters in the Megiddo. We'll start talking, the discussion about talking about Vashti. Now, Ba'etzim, there's how the Megiddo presents Vashti, and there's how Chazal presents Vashti. And as always, we are Chazal, Baruch Kodesham, they give us an insight into people which not always does the Tanakh tell us. And uh, if they understand, therefore, to p- portray somebody in a negative light, so we understand, even if we don't see it in the Psukim so much, but Chazal telling us what, the, what they knew as the MS behind the story or the underlying uh, thoughts people had or their motivation. And therefore, if we look at, we have to look to Chazal's analysis of somebody as how they, what strokes they paint the person with, and then we have to see everything that that person does in that light. And if that's the case, when it comes to Vashti, all the Megillah says about Vashti is that Achashvayish made a party for the men, Vashti made a party for the ladies. Um, when he got too drunk, so he wants Vashti to appear in front of all the men in a very immoral way, and Vashti refuses, and the sugar is killed. That's pretty much as far as the Megillah tells us about Vashti. And one could think that Vashti was Mamisha Tzadeh, because she stood up for United Sneers, and she even was most nervous for that. And she refused to appear publicly in an unimagined way, and she got killed for it, and like, wow, she would think that she's a... She was a righteous lady. If you just look at it from the story in the beginning, like everything else in the beginning, of course, that's not the way Chazal looked at Vashti at all. And therefore, we have to understand firstly what Chazal's position on Vashti was, how they looked at her, and then go back to the story in the Megillah and see why that's what the Megillah presents about her. Okay, so firstly, what do we know about Vashti from Chazal? So the first thing Chazal tells us is that Vashti was a royal blood. In other words, Vashti was a daughter of Belshazzar. And therefore, Balshatzar, as we know, was a grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, that was the royal house of Babel. And Balshatzar himself was a grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, and therefore Vashti was a great-granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. We know what happened was that Balshatzar uh, was the king, the last king of Babel. And during his reign, the united forces of Paris and Madai invaded and attacked Babel and destroyed the city of Babel and killed Moshatza and his family with the exception of Vashti. Vashti was a little girl at the time and she's a very beautiful girl and therefore they took her as a captive rather than kill her. So that was the, the starting point. Vashti was a great granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar which means she is genetically a Russia. Like we're going to see. She had, the, she had inherited the same Rishos of Nebuchadnezzar, and we're going to talk about it. And that's why when the Pasuk says, the Nevov, Echrati, the Babel, Nin Venechet, so the Chazal explained it, the Nechet of Babel is Belshazzar, who was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, the king who got killed, and the Nin, the great grandchild of Nebuchadnezzar, is Ashti. Okay, what happens to Ashti? Ashti marries Achashverish. Now, obviously, the question is, who was Achashverish? And how did he end up marrying Ashti? So, there's two different uh, views in Chazal who Achashverosh was. Let's go with the view which the Gemara brings in together, and that is Achashverosh was a common. He wasn't Turkey. He wasn't, in other words, he wasn't born to a royal family, but he was tremendously wealthy. He was tremendously wealthy for whatever reason, and therefore, he married Vashti for his money. She married him for his money. And the same way that he became king because of his tremendous wealth, uh, so that's what he, how he managed, managed to make himself the king. So that's how he managed to marry Vashti too. Now, Vashti wanted to marry him because 
he, had, he was now the king, and he had tremendous wealth at his disposal. And Avraham wanted to marry Vashti because it gave some legitimacy to his claim to be a king. Because he wasn't of a royal family, but she was. And therefore, being married to Vashti was Kilu, some connection to royalty. Even though it wasn't the royalty of Parasamada. And he was part of the empire of Parasamada, but nevertheless, can you read that they respected the fact that she was a Bas Melech, even from a different empire, from Babel, that was still something which was respectable. And therefore, in the, so to speak, on the social strata of Babel, of Parasamadai, Vashti was higher ranking than Hashverish. She was of royal blood and he wasn't. It's an important point to remember. Now, that's the first point. Akashverish marries Vashti. Now, the first time we find Vashti uh, being, influencing Akashverish is we know that, again, going back to the history, Akashverish wasn't the first king of Parasamada, he was the third. The first king was Dayavish Amadi, who he was the one who really conquered Babel, and he, he ruled for a year after that. He was an old man already, he died. And then Koresh was the king of Paras, took over, because, like we said, there was a united force which attacked Babel, Paras and Madai. Madai was the, you know, the more dominant one, so therefore Dayavish became the king first. And after he died, then Koresh was the king of, pa- of Paras, became the emperor of the, of the joint empire of Paras and Madai next. Koresh, the Gemara says, was a Kasha king, he was a good king, and he was the one who allowed the Jewish people to go back to Israel. Now, when they went back to Israel, they went to stop building the Besamekdash. But it took time. It took time because they didn't have the money, they didn't have the people, and uh, even though Koresh gave them the right to go back, they didn't act on it straight away. Slowly, slowly, people started going back, and slowly, slowly, started working on organizing and building the new Besamekdash. And in the meantime, Koresh died, and the took over. And when Akashverish takes over the kingdom, so now, of course, the enemies of the Jews, they come to the new king, to maybe, maybe he'll change the Xera of uh, the decree of Koresh, and he'll prevent the building of the best of English. And therefore, the, the enemies of the Jews, when Akashverish becomes the king, petition to cancel Koresh's permit to build the best of English. And here, Gvashti comes into the picture. Akashverish was thinking of what to do, and Vashti comes and says, my grandfather was the one who destroyed the best of English. So how can it be that you're going to let them rebuild it? And Akashverish agrees with her, and he decides that he's, not going, to, he's going to cancel the rights that Daesh had to build the best Amikdash, which was the first thing we learned about Akashverish, even before the Purim story, and that he, the Jews didn't like him. He was, uh, he was the one who cancelled Koresh's original headset to go back to Israel and build the best Amikdash. And why did he do that? Well, what Vashti convinced him was, you know, and this is the story of Nebuchadnezzar, that the Jewish people rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar more than once. And eventually, the first time he came and he established his authority over Eretz Israel, and they rebelled against him. So he came back a second time, and this time he took back with him the king who rebelled with Yechonia, and a whole lot of the population was called the Cherish Vahmasker, all the leaders of the society. And then he made a puppet king instead, who he thought would be more loyal to him. And that was Sidkir. And Sidkir also rebelled. So Nebuchadnezzar came back a third time, and this time he destroyed the Yishlam, destroyed the Besselikdash. So Vashti told him, you know, maybe the Jews are, are compliant because they're in God. So you're going to let them rebuild the base of Mikdash. Now we have a family experience what happens when the Jews build the base of Mikdash. Then they, then they start rebelling. And therefore her argument with Rashi was, it's not worth your while to build the base of Mikdash. It's just going to inspire the Jews to rebel. And he listened to that. He didn't want rebellions. And he listened to that and therefore he cancelled them the base of Mikdash. Okay. So that was the first thing we know about Vashti. Now, there's the second thing we know about Vashti. 
and that is that again and this is this was the major uh, thought on the minds of everybody at the time and that is they all knew that there was a Nevoah of Yirmiyahu and the Nevoah of Yirmiyahu was 70 years for Babel and another Nevoah of Yirmiyahu was after 70 years after this time after 70 years Hashem said to Kaisal he'll remember them and bring them back and bring them back now Yirmiyahu was a Navi and everybody knew that and therefore everybody was worried about how, when, what's going to happen when this 70 years is up and then ends Kaisal are going to be brought back that's what the Nevoah said so all the other kings, of course, were very scared about what's going to happen to us. If, we, if we're going to you know, be the ones around when then this Nevoah comes true, how is it going to impact on us? So the first part of the Nevoah was seventy years of Babel was exact. From the day Nebuchadnezzar came king until the day Belshazzar, his grandson, was killed and the Malchus of Babel was overthrown for seventy years. Now, but the second part of the Nevoah, and then it's seventy years, Hashem said, I remember you, Kai Yisrael, it wasn't quite clear when that 70 years started from. Because, like we said, there were a number of possible options. Was it from the time Nebuchadnezzar first conquered the Aries Israel? Was it from the time he came back and replaced the king and put in a new king? Was it from the time that he came back the third time to destroy the base of Mikdash? When, when, when are we counting 70 years from? And that was what preoccupied all the kings. That's even said that that's why Kurush decided to let the Jews go back to Aries Israel. Because he thought that the 70 years are going to fall in my reign. And if that's the case, I don't want to be the enemy of the Jews. That's not going to be good. I'd rather be their friend. And therefore, I'm going to let them go back, and then the Nevoah can happen, and it doesn't affect me, because I was going to help them. So, Kurish, therefore, the, worked with the, the concept of the 70-year Nevoah, that Kurish are going to go back to Israel. Great, I'm going to help them go back. I'll, I'll, I'll be there now. And he did. He helped them go back. He even offered to pay for the Korbanos, whatever it would be. And uh, now, the 70 years from the original conquest of Nebuchadnezzar happened in Kurish's lifetime and then it was the kingdom of the Nebuchadnezzar. 70 years, Kaisal started going back to Eretz Yisrael. But, like we said, Kurish died, Achashverosh takes over, and Achashverosh is also worried about this prophecy. But Achashverosh takes a different route. And that is, he decides, I'm not going to let the Jewish people go back. I want to, I'm scared of the rebellion. But then what's going to happen when the Nebuchadnezzar comes true? What's going to happen at the end of 70 years? So we know, Achashverosh counted the 70 years from the time that Nebuchadnezzar came back the second time and deposed the king and took the first wave of Jews into Godus. He thought that was the beginning of the Godus. And 70 years from then would work out to be the third year of his reign. The third year of Achashverosh was 70 years from the original uh, Godus of the people of, of Aristotle went to Babel. And uh, now Achashverosh is very worried because he, he had outlawed the Plum of Esamekdash and now the 70 year deadline is coming. What's going to be? So he was very worried what's going to happen. And when the third year came, and nothing happened. So that's why he makes his big party. The third year of his reign, he makes the big party he made. The reason being, the Chazal tell us, that the Nebo never happened. I was worried that this was the year where 70 years are up, and therefore the Nebo was meant to take place, and the Kaisal was meant to go back and build the base of Mikdash, and it didn't happen. So the Chazal said, oh, that's okay, so it means the Nebo is bottle. It's not going to, now I'm safe. Now I'm safe. Now, now, now there's, no, there's no threat anymore. There's no threat anymore of Kaishal going back to Israel, but the Nebuah wasn't misguided, and therefore nothing, so to speak, is risking my position as the king, which is why he makes the big party he made, and which is why it was such a chedal Hashem that the Jews ate at the party. Because what's this party about? 
It's about the fact that the Chashverosh is celebrating Baruch Hashem, there's no Baruch Hashem. And you're going to join such a party. You're also sitting and celebrating Baruch Hashem, no Baruch How can that be? And that's why it says that Chashverosh took out the Vitek and God and put them on. Basically, the idea was to show I'm not scared of the Baruch Hashem anymore. And that didn't happen. Well, that's the first part of the story. We have to think of the second part of the story. Why didn't it happen? If there was a Nevoah, and Achashverosh was uh, worried that this Nevoah was going to be misguided, so then how did he explain why, why, it didn't, why it didn't happen? Why wasn't it misguided? And this is the second time that she comes into the picture. And that is, again, she was the one who convinced the husband, Achashverosh, not to allow them to build a base in Nevoah. And that was the second part. But then what's going to happen when the Nevoah comes true? And therefore, Vashi's Aitza was, let's get the Jews to be over the Averis. Let's get the Jews to be over the Averis because they don't deserve the building of the Basin of Shani. And that's why the Gemara says that Vashi used to bring Jewish girls to work on Shabbos and she used to be involved in all kinds of other ways to be Machshul Kayashul, different Averis. And, and the, the point of that was, was that's going to make sure that the Nevoah is not misguided. In other words, if you get Kayashul to do an Akram, so they won't deserve to go back to Eretz Yashul. Those girls were working for Bashish should have been Maybe. He put Sikh Zerish and he forced the Isra Maybe they should have been. But they weren't. Anyway, and so that, that was the that was the that was the the second part of the Rishul Savashti. Not only did she prevent the building of the Basamikdash, she like I said, she had the genes of Bob who were anti the Basamikdash, but she also then devised the way to prevent the Basamikdash from being rebuilt. Rabbi Mashal Kaisra. And in fact Part of the party was to be Mashal Klai Yisrael Mu. If Achishverosh wanted to cement his victory, that uh, no Besamech was rebuilt, was still in God, so Klai Yisrael going to stay, I'm safe, was let's let's Mashal Klai Yisrael even more. How's he going to do that? Let's bring them to the party. And that's why normally Goyish kings weren't particularly interested in, uh, in inviting Jews to their parties. But over here, Adra, that was a big part of the plan, was bring the Jews to the party, let them be part of the celebration of the non-rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash that, let them be nichshon all the other Yisurim in the party too and then if that's the case very good we, we, we've done even better we, we've distanced the possibility of of them of them getting back the Beis HaMikdash even more than before okay so that was there for the point of the party why was Akshir so happy that there was going to be no Beis HaMikdash because he thought it was a risk to him if Klaish will go back to Israel and take back their power, it means it's taken away from him. Why? Because he's the one who's stopping them. So how's it going to... So he was scared, like we said before, that if, if the Nebuah is going to be scared, it's going to be on his Chashma. Why, why is it going to be on his Chashma? See, when you're at the beginning, you explain why he wasn't prevented the building of the message. Now, okay, so that's, uh, that's, this, that's, uh, that's, that's where we get to when the Megiddo starts. The background of why... Why the, why, why the reason for the party and the background of why the Jews want, were invited to the party and what, why the point of the party was Tafka to be Nachshalim. Okay. Now. Now we get the next part. Amshvayish makes the party for the men. She also makes the party for the ladies. What was the point of that? So here again we have different members in Chazal. The one is that, if you, just like, if the point was to, to be machshal the Jewish men, so Vashti also wanted to be machshal the Jewish ladies. The, the second idea brought in Chazal was it was meant to be a meeting place for business. 
And therefore, if you bring men and women to the same place where they're having a party and everyone's getting drunk, so you've set up the, the perfect situation for people to be nechshonsnes. Okay, which could have been Rashi's intention according to one one side in Chazal. In other words, her motives weren't so pure. The idea of making the party was as a way to cause to cause affairs. Now, the party had its effect, and like the pasuk says, and the Gemara, the Gemara tells us. That what does the discussion around the Chashverish's table? Like, well, who the prettiest woman? Is the woman of Madai, is the woman of Paras, the woman of this place, or that place? Well, why, why was that the discussion? Because all the women were on display. They, they had the women's party next to the men's party. So that became the discussion. And if that was a discussion, it's not to be outdone. He says, well, my wife's not a Madai, you're not a Paris, like the Gemara says, she's from Babylon, she's more beautiful than any of them. Okay, so like the Gemara is saying what the Gemara says in the guest, it says, it's really sad to him, okay, let's prove it, let's see. So Achashverosh wants Vashti, Vashti to display that she's more beautiful than any of the other women. Now, at that stage is where we get to the story. Achashverosh calls, like the Pasuk says, he sends him to call Vashti to uh, Sisyafia, to show that she's more beautiful than everybody else. What was Vashti's take on that? So again, we have Chazam. And that is what the Gemara, all the Pasuk says is that Vashti refused. Chazal asked, why did she refuse? In other words, if, if Vashti was trying to cause an atmosphere of her eyes, or an atmosphere of a bear, then she shouldn't have refused. And if Shitaka was more beautiful, and in the Goyish world, if beauty means something you have to flaunt, and something you have to show off, so why would, why would she refuse? So that's what the Gemara says, that HaKadosh Baruch got involved to do something to make her look unpresentable. And whatever, without going into now what Chazal meant when they said she had a horn or she had tails, whatever was going to, they don't mean it literally, they mean something else, but uh, whatever, or just that her skin broke out in some kind of terrace, whatever the different things we want to say is, basically HaKadosh Baruch got involved in a way which she wouldn't be presentable, which is why she wouldn't, obviously, like that she wouldn't go. Now, but the, the, the problem was like, uh, her problem was like this. And that is, the king sent her messengers to bring her. It seems like the Hashverish didn't try to do something against her. He, he, was assuming, he was assuming she would want to come, which bad she would have. But uh, now that she has a problem, and, and being in, in, unsightly, she's not, she's not, doesn't want to go the way she is now, well, how is she going to give that message back to the king? Because if she's going to say, I can't come because I grew a horn, right? so then that's going to get passed back to the king Barabim. It's not going to be good. So, what options does she have? Just to say, I'm not coming. What's the, why not? The king's, so, the only option she has is to go the other route. And the uh, kid on moral grounds refused to go. And that not, you want me to appear before the, all the population. It's, it's not befitting my status as a queen. I'm not prepared to do that. Again, we understand where she's coming from. It wasn't coming from Titkus. It wasn't coming from uh, a high moral standard. It's coming from a point of she had no options. What you're going to say? But the problem with that is, is that which is what exactly what she did say, and she sent a message. What I should appear in front of all the people. It's being mezalzal in my my chashivas. I'm a queen. I'm more beautiful, but I don't have to show it off to everybody else on the country. It was like you it's beneath my standards to ask for that. Now the problem with that response was. So what? So she thinks that you have to protect the dignity of the queen, he doesn't? 
like it makes a, like it makes the request something bad. You know, why should, you shouldn't have asked for such a thing. Like you don't understand that that's not appropriate for a queen. Now, the so Achshavus gets angry, of course. Right? If she was, I'm really sorry, I, I can't come. You know, I've, I've suddenly gotten this tail. I don't know what to do with it. Okay, it doesn't make Achshavus look bad. So it makes her look bad. It makes her, but. He would. He wouldn't have gotten angry about that. It didn't. Akilo, it wasn't ma- making him look like a fool for asking for something which he should. You should know that that's not the right thing to do. How do you, how do you demean a queen like that? But the way she said it to him was, in a way which was like a pure his cup, and it was sent back. I'm a king, and I'm telling you to come. Do <laughs> you have a decree? Now, this plays back on the original thing. Which was, Ahasuerus <coughs> wasn't a king. We saw before, Ahasuerus wasn't a king, he was a commoner. She was a king, she was royal, she was a princess. So that's what she writes back to him. And she says, again, she's forced into this position. If her, only, if her only excuse was, that it's not the right thing for me as the queen to appear to everybody else, because that's the only which protects her dignity. So the next step has to be, you tell me to come. Listen, I know better than you what kings and queens do. Right? You're, 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 not a, you're not brought up in a royal family, and I am. So don't tell me what's the right thing for queens to do. I know better than you. And the Gemara just sharpens the language a bit, says, you're a stable boy, compared to me. Right? If you're talking about ranking in society, you're, you don't understand what to, how, the, or how royalty conducts itself. You don't understand how the royal family is going to work. I do. I grew up in the palace, you grew up in the stable, even if you became wealthy afterwards. And that's what she tells him. She says, you're going to tell me that I'm telling you as a king what to do. You don't know what a king's do. I know better than you what kings do. I'm a princess. Which is what she says. You, you could be the stable boy of my father. Now again, was this Vashti's real position? No. But at some other occasions, she would have been willing to go. We understand that Kodesh Baruch did something to force her to, protect, to try and defend herself. But that sets up the problem for her. And now again, you see it from the other side. And that is... This isn't, this, isn't a, this isn't just a regular sort of bias disagreement, right? This was played out in front of the entire, city, uh, the entire population of Shushan. So now when the messengers come back, obviously, I could report this, they're going to say exactly what she said about it. But they said, Your Majesty the King, we went to the Queen, she said, You're a stable boy. And she knows how to have King's act, and you don't. So, that's what says, Hamas boy. And the gun says that, Why is Hamas a boy? Because what's he meant to respond? Normally, if a person is like it's insults you and you have something good to give back, okay, so then you'll you'll yell back or you'll give an, an equally good insult back, and you, then you feel good. You you you've dealt with the so to speak the person who insulted you. But yeah, Hashem has nothing to say because it was true. What's he going to say? I know better than you. No, you don't. You're a stable boy. I'm a queen. So that's uh, the guy's way. But what makes so angry is he had no response. And in front of all the people of Shushan who had just heard that the queen says you're a stable boy, you don't have a king's act when his whole point of making the party was to show what a king he was. So, the first point he says is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings down the Atzah Sarashay. Now, something which we read in the first six seconds again, we don't think about. But if you think about it for a few seconds, how much money HaKadosh must have spent on that party? Just think about it. We're talking about a party of 187 days. And for 187 days, that's a lavish affair. Everyone can eat whatever they like. They, they don't reuse a cup, which means they have to be producing new new glassware and new plates the whole time because you never reuse anything. Uh, at the same meal, I want another cup, a new cup comes. The writers didn't refill cups, they brought new cups. The Kedim became Shalim. And besides that, the furnishings were gold and diamonds, the Kheris and ivory and we, the, 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 the pastor going to explain in detail how much money he spent on the furnishing. 
And on the third one, everyone wants it for 187 days. So you're thinking about the expenditure, and it's not for a few people, it's for all the Sari Amadinas from all 127 countries, so all the dignitaries of 127 countries, and their wives, and the people of Shushan for the last seven days, all of them, and their wives. We're talking about an enormous, enormous, enormous expense. Uh, I don't think, like it's in Tanakh, we don't know of any other party which lasted so long. Nowhere. Nothing. We talk about seven days of Hanukkah Sabayis. Wow, that's a big deal. A party for 187 days, and it was, like I said, a tremendous cost, and a tremendous logistical planning, and bringing all the people, and having enough servants for everybody. It was a major, major production. And what was the point of it? The Pasuk says, the, the, the Harris is Karmel Chusay. That's the Ferris. Karmel Chusay, to show that he's a son, what a chash of a king he is. And now on the last day of this huge, like the climax of this huge day, what happens? He gets hit in the face with, you're a stable boy, by the queen. Like, it destroys the entire effect of whatever he's been doing for certain. So you understand why Chashverish is holding, what he feels about that. Like, again, he's nothing to say because it's true. It's true. What's he going to say? They all knew that. And he was just trying to hide it by looking how powerful I am, look how rich I am, and look what a king I am because look at my, the, 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 for, the excess, the fortune of money I can spend in a party, and how much I can show you I have. Uh, so I'm trying to show, look what a king I am. And now what it comes back to is, you don't have to act like a king. That's not how a king is acting. But she told him. So then it, the whole thing falls apart because then, then all this was just a facade for what you're not. You can show your wealth, but that doesn't make you a king. Even the queen says, you're not a king. Now, okay, let's put ourselves back in the story. What are Hashem's options? What are, yeah. What did Vashti think would happen? What did Vashti think would happen? Well, let's, let's just get, we play the story out and we'll answer it automatically. So, what are Hashem's options now? What's he meant to do? <coughs> so, he doesn't know. And that's, uh, that's why he says that the Achashverosh doesn't do anything. He goes to ask advice. He doesn't know what to do. Because, on the one hand, he wants to restore his honor. Right? I've just been insulted and embarrassed in front of everybody. All my governors, all my ministers, all my army generals, all the people of Shoshan. What am I going to do? And why is it a question? The question is because I'm going to take revenge of Hashem. I'm going to go and kill her. What does it help me? What does it help me? It's like, it's not going to, I'm not going to recover from the embarrassment like that. I'm not going to save face like that. I'm not going to restore my prestige like that. So yes, I hate Vashti. She ruined everything. But what am I going to do about it? It's not going to help to kill her. So what else should I do? So sorry, Rabbi, so she was right. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to learn how to be a king. Try again. That's also not going to work for him. So Akashvash is stuck. He doesn't know what to do. And he's looking for an answer. Because like I said, it wasn't just a question of taking revenge or punishing us for being disobedient. She did much more damage to him than that. And then she ruined, she ruined basically the whole, the whole show he had tried to put on of his mouth of being a king. She destroyed it. So now, he, what's he going to do? So, he doesn't know. He looks for an Eitzim. And he goes to the Chachamiyah De Eitzim, which according to Gemara was the Chachamiyah Torah. And they decided, we're not getting involved in this. No, we didn't do with Goyim Shalom Ba'is from the not the king and the queen. We don't know what to do. <laughs> so he goes to the Chachamiyah Paris and Mahara. They also didn't know what to do. Because again, Achashverosh is looking for a way to save face. He wasn't looking for what does Vashti deserve. They also knew. But it's not going to, the problem was, she's, she's a married mouthless. She insulted the king. Fine, you want to kill her, but why does it help you? That was what he was looking for. Then you understand the Oymek. The, 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 the problem Achashverosh had 
was not just how to deal with Vashti, it's how to deal with what she did to him. And therefore, the one who came with the Aesir to the plan, we're not going to have time to try and initiate to explain why Tafkir worked through him, but the one who came with the Aesir was Mumukhan. Mumukhan Chazal said was Haman. Now, you must understand the oymak of what Haman said. Just as I go kill Vashti, anyone could have said that. There was no Chachma to that. Barash could have also had that option on the table. But it wasn't like, ah, oh, Tafkir, maybe kill Vashti. I never thought of that. I'm sure that's the first thing he thought. Right? But that wasn't the Chachma of Mumukhan. It wasn't that Nishra killed Vashti. Mumukhan's Chachma was something else. And Mokhan's Chachma was that there's a natural din of it. The year is called Ish Sarah Bevesa. The year is called Ish Sarah Bevesa. And that is, Vashti wasn't just that we're going to kill her for being married by Malchus because of what she said insulting Tachashvarish. No, there's a natural order in the world. And that is, a man is in charge. A lady has to be subservient to that. And therefore, that's him. Vashti was wrong. Vashti was wrong. That's, uh, 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 whether, whether he's a stable boy and she's a queen, you know, we're not going to say it in those words, but the Master Matthias is wrong. Right? Don't, uh, the lady is never more kosher than the man. A man is a story of He has to be in charge. And therefore, it doesn't make a difference where he comes from or she comes from. The Matthias is always that uh, the man takes, is, is in charge of the house. And therefore, Vashti might have thought that she was from royal blood, but Baragish marries Achashverosh, she's underneath him. He's, he's more kosher than her. That was the, and therefore, we're going to make this uh, proclamation in the kingdom, right? And that is, we're not going to go into details of what Rashi said, and whatever, that's, that's just like, one of those like, like facts which are unpleasant to try to hide under the rug. What we would be publicizing is that Vashti was over on the basic principle, and that is that the lady never thinks she's more harsher than her husband. Regardless of where she comes from, regardless of her ancestry, regardless of anything else, and therefore he says, What they're going to say, Ah, sometimes ladies can outrank men. We don't want that to happen. Therefore, yes, it's Varamalchus, and it says, What's going to do? Vashti made a mistake. Vashti acted against uh, what's the right thing to do, and that is that, and that's why she's being punished. And that way, it wasn't that she's being punished for insulting her, she's saying it's a stable boy, which would just wouldn't help him anything. The recorder was, Vashti's being punished for thinking that. Now that she's married to Akashar, she's more kosher than him. That's not true. That's never true. Yes, call Ish Sari Bavesa. Call Ish Sari Bavesa, but he's in charge. And uh, while, while, while that was an Eitzah which Akashar is listened to, is because in some way it salvages respect. Because to say to kill Vashti for saying that he was a stable boy and she's a princess, so why are you kidding her? She's right. So you haven't given him the Eitzah of, of how to deal with the insult. And therefore, the Eitzah was Vashti, Vashti was wrong. Vashti was wrong. The Chatzel she was wrong. Why? Because Achashverosh is sorry. He's now the king. You have to respect him. And therefore, he could deal with Vashti in a way which kind of restored his honor without arguing with what she said. The fact that she said was a problem. She should have listened. The man says his wife says, "That was Mamukhan's. That was Mamukhan's answer, and now the king accepted. Now that gives him the way to to explain to everybody in the world, to the whole world." Why, why, what, what Vashti was, why, what Vashti did with was wrong, why she was wrong, why he's punishing her. And you see that an important enough thing that he sent messengers to tell everybody that. But again, he wanted to somehow restore his, his, his position. So therefore, he doesn't just deal with Vashti in the palace, he tells everybody that we, uh, Vashti made a terrible mistake of daring to disagree with her husband, who's now Mokhash because he's her husband, and therefore she's being killed. And let this be a lesson to everybody. Ladies are never Mokhash than their husbands. And then we don't have to get into Taka, she was the king, he wasn't, uh, she was royal, he wasn't. Uh, no such thing. That was the, the Eitzah of Mamukha.
And like I said, it, it, it helped Achashverosh because what he wanted was not just to have punished Vashti. What he wanted was his house is going to restore in some way his prestige. Okay. What was that's the story of Vashti? Now, what you need to see is the Adashem. We've spoken about the story. What was Vash, What did Vashti think would happen? She thought she would survive the encounter. Like what was the encouragement? So we'll talk about it. what was the Adashem? What was the Adashem? Why did Hashem set it up like that? So, there's two Nakodas. The one Nakoda was, and then once again, you have to see that, like in any story tonight, you have to see it through the eyes of the people it was happening to. Through the eyes of the people it was happening to. That, and from that, you can understand what Hashem is doing. Not like us from looking at the outsiders of the story, but from the people that the story happened to, look how they were thinking. So let's put ourselves for a second into Vashti's mind. What we can assume she was thinking, based on everything I've told you from Chazal, and then see how things mitzad that, how Kodesh Baruch was dealing with her. And that is, Vashti knows that her being a princess of Babel is, a, is on the one hand a liability, and on the other hand an asset. It's a liability because Babel wasn't in power anymore. The, the Malchus had been destroyed. But on the other hand, it's still called the Malchus. Like we said, it was still something, it was still a royal family. <coughs> So even though they weren't the ruling family, they had lost their power, they had lost their kingdom altogether, Bible. But Lamaisa, she had the value of being of royal blood. That was one matter she had. The other matter she had was her beauty. Like we said, the Gemarian says, it was one of the most beautiful women that ever lived was Vashti, and that was the big, that she knew, that was one of her assets. Okay, so that's okay. That's what Vashti's matter is. Now, Vashti gets to marry Achishverosh, who's the king. Why, the, why, why does, if, if, again, think from Vashti's eyes. Why is Akashvarish marrying her? She's not a Parsi, she's not a Madai, she's, not part, she's a part of Babel which was destroyed. Ella what? There's two things Akashvarish wants from her. The one is her beauty, and the other one is her royalty. Both of them would be reasons Akashvarish would want to marry her. Because she was very beautiful. Okay, that's a reason to marry her. Secondly, because that was a connection to something royal. Okay? Good, that's also a reason to marry her. So, Vashti has two assets. Now, like we said, Vashti Be'etzem, besides for the rituals of turning him against Klai Yisrael and getting him to match with Klai Yisrael, Vashti makes the party. Like, Vashti Amalek also saw Mishlei Noshin, she makes the party, and what's her, so to speak, what's she making a party for? So, obviously, she was in Achashvayish's plan, for her, it was also a victory. Basically, wasn't rebuilt, and uh, she was she was largely to blame for that. And therefore, this is her celebration. And if the idea was the way, the way to stop being rebuilt is to marshal the Israel, then she's a very active participant in that. Now, Achashverosh wants it to appear, like you said, to all the people of Shushan. And Mitzad Echol, Rashi would have done it. She didn't have a problem with that. She was beautiful, and she was willing to show it off. But the problem was Hashem took it away from her. Whatever he did, like we're looking at all the different days now, the Ica point, Hashem took it away from her. So she lost that. So now her only asset is her royalty. If Hashem took away her beauty, so that's not going to be something which is going to work. Her only asset is her royalty. And therefore, she wasn't prepared to appear in front of everybody because there wouldn't be a tribute to her. That would, that would, that would have taken her. She wasn't beautiful anymore. If that's the case, it wouldn't have worked. The only man she had was her royalty. And therefore, what she, even though she told her says, that's not the way royalty acts. It's not the way royalty acts. I know royalty. The accent what she was hoping is he would hear in it that I have an asset that I'm royal. And you wanted that asset. 
you want it because that's, that connects you to the royalty. And therefore, uh, of course, it came out in a way which offended him tremendously, and that is, you're a stable boy, and you don't deserve anything. What Vashti wanted him to hear in it was, I'm a basmenech. And that's the only thing I can still hold on to. You know, they might not be beautiful anymore, but I'm a basmenech. And he wanted somebody who was a part of a real family. But, what she didn't take into the cheshpun, which didn't take into the cheshpun, is that we could say it's done by people, but for sure by cheshperish, and that is a person's midas overcome their sechah. And therefore, as much as, yes, it helped Achashverosh to have a queen who was a basmanach and gave him some kind of connection to royalty, but now that he had been offend, personally offended by the fact that he wasn't royal, so now he has to deal with his own cover. And therefore, that's what worked against Vashti. That was worked against her. And again, Mukhan's plan was ignore the fact that she's royal. Ignore the fact that she's royal. You're, you're more khashiv because you're the man and she's the lady, and that's the reason why, why, why she's wrong. The, the, the fact that she's royal doesn't give any right. So, what Vashti wanted was that her second asset, so to speak, was her royalty would help her, other would work against her. Now, why is Hashem set it up like that? So, here we have the two parts of what Vashti did wrong and how she was punished for both of them. The one thing Vashti did wrong is she used her lineage back to Nebuchadnezzar as the reason not to build the Besam Mikdash. Right? I know about the Besam Mikdash. My grandfather was one who destroyed it. We know all about the problems that they have. Right? In other words, that, that minor of her, her connection to Malchus was the etzem, the reason why she opposed the Besam Mikdash. Okay? So for that, the first look at it is, that itself is going to be the liability. Would you use your royal roots as, as your reason to try and convince Al-Khashverosh, who wasn't on either side at the beginning. He didn't have a connection to, for or against the Besamesh. He was someone new on the scene. But Vashti used her, her ancestry and, and the, her royalty, so to speak, as the reason to get Al-Khashverosh to stop on the Besamesh. Okay, that's the first thing which is going to be used. That, that's what's going to be used against you. You thought it's an asset, it's going to become... That, that, that Makuda itself will be what will bring you down, which was what she got killed for. By telling Ashvash, I'm royal and you're not. That was the first point. But the second point, and that is the fact that she was Marshal Israel. The fact that she was Marshal Israel as a way, like we said, to stop, to, to prevent them getting to build, that they wouldn't deserve the best of Mikdash. So the only for that was that she lost the looks. She lost the beauty. And why was that the Melikan Agameda? Well, we, like, we, look, we swagger it from, from Ashvash's point of view. I think it's from her point of view. If she made the party for the ladies as a way to marshal the men, and then, of course, what she wanted was that it should be an opportunity for them to show up to the men that we're going to be marshaled. And, of course, if that's the case, if she was the most beautiful of everybody, then she was going to lead the show in it. And at the critical point, when Dafka, that's when she was meant to make a stage appearance. That's when Akadosh Baruch takes it away from her. So, for her, this is like also, uh, the, uh, at that stage already, her plan to be marshaled everybody went, went wrong. Right now, she, she wasn't, what she wanted to do, she wasn't given an opportunity to do that was the first thing. There's two different things. Else, what she wanted to do, Akash Baruch Hu let The plan of how she was meant to lead everyone and be marshal the men, so Hashem stopped that plan. Let's say it's the Sufah. Else, what she did wrong already, which was using her malchus, her royalty, as a way to stop the Besamesh, which she did, and she got killed for. That malchus then became the, the reason why Akash wanted to kill her. And therefore, Mamish, at both points, there was the, there was the middle connected with her. The Mirkha but the last part we said, the we'll finish with this. We began from the Khratil above and then the Nechit. 
this was the end of the, of the punishment for Bob. Because being as she was part of the royal family of Bobo, and to the end, she wanted to use her, her royalty of Bobo as a reason, just like they were considered to the Beis HaMikdash, just not the Beis HaMikdash being rebuilt. Part of the Oynish of Bobo was that the strike was that Vashti got killed too. He was, she was the last survivor of that royalty. She also, like all the kings of Bobo, were, were anti the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore the punishment of Bobo was complete. When Vashti also gets killed as, as, as being a princess of Bobo, and the reason being that she was against the Beis HaMikdash, that was the completion of the of the destruction of Bob. And therefore, Adarabha, that very party, which was meant to symbolize 70 years, um, which, which uh, were the end of Bob, the 70 years, the Fechash Veshash Cheshma, from the first time that the Jews went to the goddess, really was the 70 years. That was when the, Bavl, that was when the destruction of Bob, its last surviving member died too, that's when the destruction of Bob was complete. When did the goddess come? 70 years from the Chur, not 70 years from the goddess. And then we said, after the testing, Seventy years later was when the second king Karish came to the throne, and he was the one who actually let the Beis Hamikdash be built. That's when it really happened.